On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview Kansas Chaminade and the entire Maui Invitational head for KU starting Monday, running through Wednesday. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. Thank you to the everydayers out there tuning into each and every episode and being well informed on all our Locked on Jayhawk knowledge here. On today's episode, we're talking KU Chaminade. We're talking KU Maui Invitational. Um, we're what to watch for in this game because you're playing a D2 school and we'll get more into uh, what's ahead in the field for KU basketball as well. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. KU Chaminade tonight. It's uh, not the latest of the games. The Tuesday night game, assuming Kansas Beach Chaminade, which uh, I, I feel very good about, is going to be like a very late game, like 9.30. Uh, this one will be a little bit later, so I guess a little split screen coverage if you're watching the Chiefs and KU. If you don't care about the Chiefs, then more power to you. Anyway, um, Maui Invitational, as far as some of the top storylines in this event, is being played in Honolulu this year, which I think will be interesting to see how it has an effect on the environment. Obviously, this goes back to the wildfires, which why they can't play it in Maui. That whole kind of Lahaina area was uh, – sadly burned down and, and destroyed. So they moved it to Honolulu. I believe they're playing this on the campus or, or the uh, basketball court of where the University of Hawaii plays, which, you know, it's not like, like part of the beauty of the Maui Invitational. It's like a high school rec center gym and you get this close, connected, small environment that is noisy. It's loud because everybody's into the game and, and you know, the, the acoustics there are great. I don't know about how this one will go. Um, I guess theoretically there's more tickets, so more fans can get in. We'll see if it's all a sellout and everything is is that way. Um, I hope it has a good environment as well. I don't know. It's hard to have that same type of environment. We'll see how it goes. But certainly all the teams that are in this thing, I mean, it's, it's amazing. This is an absolutely loaded Maui Invitational. Uh, you have five of the preseason top 11 that are in there. And you just look through like the Ken Palm rankings and, you know, it's – it's pretty bananas, like how many good teams are in this thing. Like you could argue that this Maui Invitational field of eight could end up being better than the eight teams that are in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, right? Because crazy upsets will happen and everything. But like you have Purdue, who's second on Ken Palm. Kansas is fourth. Um, Gonzaga is seventh. Tennessee is ninth. Marquette is 11th. Uh, like even your, I don't know, your, I guess, lower end teams, like UCLA is 35th. So like they're like a decent team. And Syracuse obviously is a you know well-renowned basketball program, so um, field's absolutely loaded here. Uh, other big storyline coming into this one, and this is just kind of an unfortunate one. Uh, it seems like no KJ Adams in this first game for KU basketball. Uh, if you missed some of the news, his mom, who has been battling cancer for I don't know last year or two, maybe more than that, um, and uh, there was an awesome story. I highly recommend checking it out uh, in the Athletic from CJ Moore about a year ago, detailing 
that relationship and his mom and, and the battle she's going through and him and everything. And it's wonderful story and wonderful look into everything that KJ dealing with, you know, kind of off the court. She passed away, unfortunately, late last week uh, to where he flew in today or is flying in today. Uh, so it doesn't sound like he's going to play in the first game and, you know, more power to him for even coming out to even possibly play in the other games. I, I can't imagine uh, having to go through that and then having to play a college basketball game. So best of luck to him. And, and hopefully he, you know, in the games that he does play, if he does play in any of the games, hopefully he plays really well. I think that'd be really cool and uh, have his mom looking down on him proud. But, um, you know, so sucks for KJ Adams and, and really sad story there. But that's obviously part of the storylines of, of what's headed in here. Uh, Kansas, I, I think another storyline here, trying to build off your early season successes. You had two blowout wins in your first two games over NC Central and Manhattan. Then you had a fun win over Kentucky, which is obviously your best win to this point. You know, I, I think when you look at these three games, because of the opponents you're playing, if you end up 2-1 and one in the Maui Invitational, you're going to actually feel fine with that. Like, you know, it's still Kansas basketball. The goal and expectation is always to win every game, right? And so, obviously, your goal and expectation is to win the entire thing and go 3-0. But I think big picture, even if you go 2-1, and it's not the end of the world. This schedule is just absolutely loaded. So, if you go 3-0, and you're going to feel absolutely great about this team. But let's say between, you know, these three games in Maui and then your next two games after that, Eastern Illinois and UConn, if among those five games, if you go four and one, you're probably among those four wins picking up two quad one wins, two resume boosting wins, and the lone loss would probably be, you know, to a quad one opponent. So uh, big schedule coming up, a lot of great opponents you know, big picture, if you lose a game, you're going to be fine. I know in the the aftermath, it won't probably feel like it. But, yeah, you can absolutely win this thing. You're the favorite to win this thing. Um, you look at some of the betting odds, they're the favorite. The other part of this is uh, Hunter Dickinson, National Player of the Year candidacy. He's coming off that 27-21 and 21 game against Kentucky on a big stage. Who knows if we get the matchup because there are so many of those good teams that could prevent it from happening, whether one team loses or, you know, whatever happens. Um but I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see a top five matchup between Kansas and Purdue, which would also probably be the two leading front runners for national player of the year with Hunter Dickinson versus Zach Eady. And then if you have somebody win that game, they probably become the early front runner to win that award. Now, as far as the game tonight against Chaminade, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the scouting board because it's a D2 team. You should be able to beat them by 30 or 40 points. Uh, they come in at one and two. They lost 77 to 72 to Alaska Anchorage. They won 80 to 72 at Alaska and lost 90 to 86 in overtime to Hawaii Hilo. Those do anything for you. Uh, so far, they've struggled on defense. They've struggled rebounding the basketball. So keep those in mind. They have been a solid three point shooting team and have done really well at avoiding turnovers. But among the 298 Division II schools, the Massey ratings have Chaminade rated as. 175th in the country with the 58th best offense and the 213th best defense. You should be able to score at will in, in this game and dominate and rebounding, but you know, probably already knew that. Uh, out of comparison, by the way, I know I, I said this before the NC Central game. There are some good D2 schools that are better than some like mid-major D1 schools. And uh, on the Massey ratings, Fort Hayes State is 16th in the country. So like that was a really good D2 school. Chaminade's 175th. So this is the worst team you've played all year and probably will play all year. Go out and dominate. Uh, by the way, I did mention the odds for winning the Maui Invitational Field. Kansas is the favorite. They're plus 175. These are on FanDuel. 
Uh, Tennessee is plus 320 in second. I was a little surprised to see them second with Purdue third at plus 340. I think that's probably um, more about Purdue has a tougher first round matchup. Like for Purdue to win the title, they might have the toughest path to do it. They'd have to beat Gonzaga, likely Tennessee, and then likely Kansas or Marquette or UCLA, right? Whereas with Kansas, it's like, okay, you got kind of the one gimme with Chaminade. With Tennessee, you know, you're playing Syracuse early, who you're like a 14-point favorite on. So that's probably why that is, but I, I found that a little interesting. Marquette is 5-1. to one. Gonzaga's plus 950, which that's always scary anytime they can kind of, you know, uh, be under the radar a little bit. UCLA's plus 2,000, and Syracuse is plus 5,000. Obviously, you can't bet on uh, Chaminade here. All right, we're going to continue on with uh, what I'm going to be watching for in this game, players to watch, and more on the Maui Invitational field, possible second and third round matchups for KU, how they match up, all coming up here with Locked on Jayhawks. First, we're brought to you by Listening.com, which is an app that turns academic papers, textbooks, PDFs, websites, and emails into audio. So you can listen to them on the go. You can listen in your car. You can listen while you're working out. You can listen in your earbuds at work, whatever. Instead of sitting at a desk to read, the app with listening.com frees you up so you can learn from anywhere. It's the best app in the world for listening to academic material. They even read math equations. They automatically skip citations and footnotes, and you can pronounce difficult technical words. They have their automatic chapter detector, which uh, you know a lot of students might want to jump straight to the results or the discussion of a paper. They automatically detect where the chapters are so you can jump around whenever you want best of all if you use the link listening.com slash locked on you'll be able to get your first three weeks for free so go ahead and give it a try usually it's two weeks free but you get an extra week free when you go to listening.com slash locked on What do I want to see from KU this game against Chaminade? Obviously, you expect a big win. What I'm watching, players to watch, and then we'll finish up with the rest of the Maui Invitational field, uh, possible matchups that are intriguing for uh, KU moving forward. I think the matchups of the game here, um, Isaac Amarel R3, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is uh, Chaminade's best player versus whoever KU, I don't know if it'll be the KU two guard or Kevin McCuller. He is their two guard. So we'll see if they just match it with their own two. That would be become very interesting because that's obviously been kind of the weak link, so to speak, among the KU starters, if it is. And um, maybe they just put McCuller on him because he's averaging 21 points per game. He is shooting 47% from three. So this is a really good player. He's a legit D1 talent. Will he be guarded by the two? Will he be guarded by Kevin McCuller? I think that becomes uh, kind of interesting here. Um, but the other big matchup is the lack of size against Hunter Dickinson. Their starting five man and their tallest player is six foot nine. Uh, they have like three six foot nine guys, and then it's like six seven, and then like guards pretty much after that. Uh, so this should mean Parker Brown should have a good game. Um, I, I mean, anybody who can drive, you're, you're going to have driving lanes available, but this should be another game where Hunter Dickinson is able to, like, more to the first two games because I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but in the minutes that he does play, probably going to be very efficient, get a lot of easy baskets easy catches, a lot of easy assists for, you know, some of the guards. If you can just get the entry pass in, he's going to get an easy bucket out of it. And KU should be able to dominate on the glass, both in terms of the size advantage and the fact that they have not been a great rebounding team so far to this point in time. As far as uh, Hawks, the sore players to watch for me, uh, Johnny Furphy is the one that I'm, I'm really going to be kind of interested in. I think he bounces back. He had a, a tough game against Kentucky. You know, it's funny, um, and, and this isn't just Furphy. This is more players, but this is going to be a lot of Furphy's role offense. So he's shooting corner threes. 
when you look at KU in um, their first couple of games, they shot corner threes at a really good rate. Uh, they were th- 12 of 20 in their first two games in corner threes. Against Kentucky, they were 0 for 6. So is that the pressure? Is it more length? Is it more athleticism on the defense that able to you know close out shots? Is it the arena difference? Is it you know the comfortability of playing in Allen Fieldhouse? Is it just you had a bad corner shooting game, but you are a good corner shooting team, right? I don't know. It could be a combination of things. Um, I want to see Kansas back in this tournament get back to shooting the corner three well, right? And, and that can be a way for Johnny Furphy to be more involved if he's hitting those corner threes because he's going to get those opportunities. Um, so I think he bounces back in this game. I think that he is a true freshman, right? I mean, there's the big stage against Kentucky. He had more of a down game from what we saw in the first two, but that's to be expected with true freshmen. You're going to have more ups and downs. Typically, the older you get, the more consistent you kind of get with your game. So um, also without KJ Adams, it probably means more minutes for Parker Brown. Might see a little more Parker Brown next to Hunter Dickinson. I'll be interested to see who that other starter would be. Maybe it is Brown. Maybe they start Furphy. Uh, maybe they start Timberlake and, and they have Kevin be at the four. I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting to see what the starting lineup looks like. But either way, that's, you know, if KJ Adams is playing normally 30 minutes per game, but in this game where you're expected to win big, maybe 25 minutes, that's 25 minutes that, you know, that, that could be an extra eight or for Johnny Furphy. It could be an extra five for a Marco Jackson, an extra 10 for Nick Timberlake, an extra five for, you know, Parker Brown. Uh, to where these guys are going to have uh, extended showcases to show kind of what they can do with the other starters. As far as what I want to see from KU in this game, obviously you expect them to win big. So you're trying to come into this with like, okay, what are some things we can take away? Well, I mean, just in general, just keep rolling, uh, which you've done so far early this year. Get back to hitting some threes because you didn't really do that against Kentucky. It was Dewan Harris hitting five. It was Hunter Dickinson hitting one. And then it was, you know, bankrupt from, from everyone else. Uh, so start hitting some other threes from some other guys. Don't sweat this game at any point. You know, just have the gas pedal go from the word go. And uh, kind of win this one similarly to what you did in your first two games against NC Central and Manhattan. I'd like to see that fifth starter competition, the competitors for that spot. I'd like to see the bench players get something going. Um, and even though it'd be easy to dismiss is like, okay, well, they got it going, but it, look at the level of competition you're going up against. It's it's better to see than the alternative, right? It's better to see than, oh, the bench struggled again and it came against a Division II school, which you should be crushing, right? So, um, you know, have a good game. Nick Timberlake, hit some shots. Parker Brown, you know, continue to play well. I, I think Brown's been maybe your most consistent bench player. Uh, Marco Jackson kind of get it going again. And uh, beyond all that, like, does Jamari McDowell, speaking of the bench, get more playing time? Does the end of that Kentucky game lead to him getting more playing time? Does Jamari McDowell work in the starting lineup? I don't think so, but I, I guess it's entirely possible. Does he get double-digit minutes per game? Does he impress in this game to continue to work his way up and earn some more minutes after maybe earning a little bit of trust there at the end of that Kentucky game? Uh, we're going to finish up with an overall Maui Invitational preview after Chaminade KU would get either UCLA or Marquette. Uh, that matchup, possible matchups in the championship, third place game, wherever you think they're going to go. Um, that coming up to finish up with this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If 
You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I mentioned you can get Kansas on FanDuel to win the Maui Invitational plus 175. You want to get crazy, you can parlay that with the Chiefs to beat the Eagles and get some good odds on, on those two things to come together and happen. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Overall Maui Invitational preview for KU. So uh, whether you win or lose, you're playing Marquette or UCLA. Obviously, the expectation is to win. I honestly believe that Marquette, who could be your second-round matchup, is KU's toughest matchup in the tournament if they get it. Now, I don't necessarily think Marquette is the best team. right? I mean, just best overall team. That might be Purdue, might be Tennessee. I don't, I, I don't know a ton about Gonzaga. I know they they had like a preseason injury and brought in a bunch of transfers. So you could convince me, yeah, Gonzaga is just going to be their typical, you know, regular season wagon again. You could convince me that, you know, maybe the talent isn't as high this year. I, I don't know what totally to expect of Gonzaga. If I was ranking the teams in this event, you know, I'd, I'd have Kansas, Purdue, Tennessee, probably at the top. I'd have Marquette right next to it. I'd probably have Gonzaga fifth among them. But again, like it's a really good fifth, right? But it's just stylistically. Because if you play Purdue, you're playing a traditional big man with Zach Eady, right? And Hunter Dickinson can kind of go try to go toe-to-toe with him, right? Um, if you play against UCLA, they have a bunch of big men. You're going to play more stylistically in line with what they're doing. And the idea there is, okay, if we're going to play the same style as you, can we just out-execute you? And if you're like playing UCLA, you're the better team and you're playing the same style. Like, okay, great, right? And there are differences in, in how the teams go about it, so it's not as easy to say that. But um, – when you look at Marquette, they are a team that that runs kind of five out. They run a lot of spread and pick and roll, and, and they're going to bring your five-man out defensively. Their five-man will come out and even initiate some offense in Igadoro, like up in the high post. So they're a tough matchup stylistically for KU. They're 3-0 and right now. They're ranked 11th on Ken Palm, but they did something that Kansas couldn't do, albeit it was an exhibition for Kansas and weird stuff, but uh, Marquette won at Illinois, 71 to 64, which we saw Kansas lose in an exhibition game. And and this is the team Marquette that actually, like you would think, okay, UConn won the national title, all this stuff. Marquette won the Big East regular season title. Marquette won the Big East postseason title, not UConn. It was Marquette. They're not a very good rebounding team. They force steals. They defend well inside the arc. They get easy baskets. They space you out. They shoot it really well. And it's all orchestrated by having Oso Igadoro, who is an excellent five man that, again, can space it a little bit. He hasn't shot any threes this year, but he can, you know, take jump shots if you really, if you really leave him open. He's a good passer. He can initiate the offense. He's just a very versatile player that can play up high and space you out. And Tyler Kolak, once you have all that space, he's an all-American point guard that can shoot. He can score. He can pass. Does a little bit of everything. It's a really good team, and, and we've seen Kansas at times have trouble with pick-and-roll defense, or not necessarily pick-and-roll, just ball-screen defense, I would say, in the early going, which a lot of teams do because it's in the early going. Marquette will exploit that over and over again. So I think that might be the toughest matchup for KU of the entire tournament. Now, if you get UCLA, they haven't looked great early. They're 3-0, and but they dropped from 26th to 34th in Ken Palm from where they were at the beginning of the year. They've looked really strong defensively, which has typically been a Mick Cronin staple. Uh, they have a ton of size, including like a 7-3 big man from Spain and then a Dembona, who's an excellent defender and inside big man for them. Uh, but they're shooting horribly right now, just 24% from three. So that would be a team that, you know, if 
if you're rooting for for what would be the better matchup for KU, the easier matchup, probably root for UCLA over Marquette. Now, once you get to the next round, I mean, it's it's kind of a who's who, right? I mean, you expect Tennessee, Purdue, or Gonzaga, probably not expecting Syracuse to be to that point. Um, Purdue would be the one that would be a lot of fun because you would get that Edie and Dickinson matchup, and Purdue's obviously one of the best teams in the country, so that would be a ton of fun there. But Tennessee has looked great early. Dalton Connect has been an excellent offensive player. He averaged like 20 game at Northern Colorado last year, transferred into Tennessee, and we've seen them have great def- Defensive teams lately under Rick Barnes, but the offense has been lagging. Well, he has kind of helped that in a lot of ways. And the defense is still there. And we've saw them last year in the battle for Atlantis. They can uh, they can get you early because of that rugged defensive style of play. If you're not ready for it, if you're not ready to match the physicality, you know, you'll get beat up on the boards and have some turnovers. And um, you know, I'm I'm not sure KU fans want another meeting with uh, the Vols after that battle for Atlantis, but I don't know, maybe an opportunity to get a little bit of revenge. And then Gonzaga being the sleeper is always dangerous. Um, that would probably be a fun matchup if you get it because Gonzaga is a high tempo team, and so that leads to like higher scoring, more open games that are a lot of fun to watch. So um, I, I think yeah, Marquette would probably be the toughest matchup. I think Tennessee and Purdue would certainly be tough as well, but um, all games that are winnable. And uh, like I said, Kansas goes two and one. I think you're cool with it. They go three. and zero. you're feeling ecstatic about where this team is at. All right. We'll be back uh, for another episode later tonight, early tomorrow morning, something like that for your uh, recap. It'll be a shorter episode than since the uh, KU Chaminade game. And then we'll also get to a preview of whoever Kansas ends up playing tomorrow at some point for uh, KU basketball against uh, either Marquette or UCLA. You Find our show anywhere you get any of your podcasts. Thank you to every day or tuning into each and every episode. We'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.